Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Best in the World with Richard Parr, where each week I speak to an Olympic champion, a world champion, a world record holder, or a world number one to find out what they do differently from the rest of us and the people who finish second or get silver. We are speaking to the people who win gold and are the best in the world at what they do, the people who are the top of their fields and of their disciplines and this week I'm speaking to a softball player for the first time the Olympic champion from the 2004 Athens Olympics I speak to Natasha Watley Natasha talks about a whole range of topics on this week's podcast in particular about living and training and coaching in Japan and Natasha has recently retired from playing she's now a coach in Japan and she talks about the difficulties of the transition from playing to coaching and we also push her a little bit further to find out could she be making a return to the sport you'll have to listen to this podcast to find out if Natasha is going to be returning to the sport we talk about how difficult it can be having the cultural differences, say, from living in America to living in Japan. We talk about language. We also talk about the differences in nutrition and diet that is needed for a top athlete like Natasha, an Olympic champion. The three-time world champion also talks about her foundation and what she does to inspire young girls and young athletes to try and get not only into softball but into sport in general. We also talk about the return of softball to the Olympic program. It will be back in Tokyo in 2020 but Natasha missed the chances of winning another gold when it was stripped from the 2012 and 2016 program and because of that As she says on the program, she feels that she didn't get a chance to redeem herself and their team didn't get a chance to redeem themselves after they managed to get silver at the 2008 Games in Beijing. All of that plus much, much more on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr with the Olympic softball champion Natasha Watley. That interview is coming up in just a moment, but I want to say about Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. They've got over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. 
I've listened to a whole range of audiobooks on Audible on my iPhone. Yes, I'm an iPhone man, but of course you can get Audible on other devices as well for your iPad, for your Kindle, all different devices you can get Audible. And most recently I have been listening to The Chimp Paradox by Dr. Stephen Peters. It's a really fascinating insight into the mind of people of athletes of anyone and how we can train our mind and make ourselves think more clearly and not let the anger and the the chimp side of us overwhelm us and take over our decisions i'm about halfway through a lot more to listen to and i i think it's a really good book to listen to especially for me as i'm interviewing these olympic champions and world champions and just gives me more of an informed insight into what goes through the mind of a an elite performer a world champion so hopefully that can help improve my questions of course if you've got any questions for me you can send me a message on twitter at richard underscore par but if you want to use audible you can do that very easily and you can do it for free you can get a free 30-day trial from audible by going to audibletrial.com forward slash best that's a u d i b l e t r i a l.com forward slash best go and check that out audibletrial.com forward slash best and that includes one free audiobook download in that 30-day trial and you could be listening to the chimp paradox as well if you do let me know what you think of it at richard underscore par on twitter all right let's get to it let's learn from an olympic champion it's time to speak to the softball olympic champion natasha Watley. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Natasha Watley, Olympic softball champion. Welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. So great to have you on the program. Now, just before we started this chat, I wondered where you were in the world. Why don't you tell us where you are today, Natasha? Currently in Japan. I'm all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've been living and and working in Japan for quite a few years now haven't you I have um I actually have been I've been playing here professionally the last eight years and um I recently retired and then my team that I played for offered me a coaching job so this past year um I've been in a new position and I've been coaching so I've been coaching over in Japan for the last couple months have you found that transition from player to coach? Ah, it's really hard. It's probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. So it's constantly daily. I'm questioning, did I make the right decision? Um, I think I could have played one more. Um, should I come back? It's, it's literally the hardest decision, um, that I've made and it's really a hard transition. I just, um, it's hard because it's just so close. Like just like six months ago, I was just playing, you know, so. Any chance of a U-turn? I've been thinking about it. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of coming back in like a more low-key role maybe just with, for my Japanese team. And, you know, for baseball, softball, we have, you know, what you call a pinch hitter. And so maybe coming back in a role like that and not being a starting member or whatnot like but um, I've been flirting with the idea, and it's just a matter if um, I'm willing to and ready to commit to that that idea, you know. Mm. 
is is part of that. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. It's part of it is when you're coaching and you're trying to coach people, and obviously you're the best in the world. That's why you're on the, this podcast. You're an Olympic champion, a, a, a silver medalist as well from Beijing. Everything you know how to do. Is there a little bit of frustration when you're trying to teach someone else and they're not quite doing what you're trying to tell them? And then you're like, oh, if only I could just be out there, I could just do it myself. Exactly. You're exactly right. You're like, well, why don't I just do it? I should just do it. And that's that's part of it. It's in, It's literally like, let me just show you. <laughs> like, instead of talking about it, let me just show you, you know. But And then part of it, too, it's, you know, what watching and especially what's hard also is that these girls that I'm coaching are they were my teammates a couple months ago you know so most of them I played with so it's seeing them together competing and wanting to be able to compete with them as well you know so that's part of it as well is just missing that competition ah you know it's such a hard decision (laughs) do you think that you might not be feeling as much this way if you've maybe started coaching with another team with with a whole completely new set of players absolutely i think i think that it would make it an easier transition especially you know and say for instance if i was coaching younger girls or you know just not something where i feel like i could fit in you know or i could do it you know um, I definitely think if, yeah, it may be a brand new team or something like that. But I think, you know, I, I played with these girls and they have that um, teammate relationship with them. So I think that makes it a little bit harder as well. Yeah, I think it can be difficult going from like colleague to boss, can't it, in, in, any, in any job? Right, right. It, that's it's not fun. It's not, I, I should say it's fun. It's just, it's not an easy transition. Yeah. What about living in Japan at all? How easy did you find it or difficult did you find it adjusting to the culture, the food, the language? Oh, gosh. Um, interesting enough, like I, the transition, obviously, culture wise is probably the hardest thing. And, you know, that was eight years ago. So just adjusting to their cultural norms and, and things of that nature. But in terms of food, I mean, that was the easiest part. <laughs> um, but um, people, I mean, the people, Japanese, they're just so hospitable and they're the, the most kindest people that you'll ever come across. So they go above and beyond to make you feel comfortable. So I think that was an easy transition. And that's what instantly made me fall in love with, you know, not only my team, but um, Japanese culture. Um, so the transition, I mean, and it was fairly easy. I mean, obviously the hardest blocks were cultural and the language barrier. I think that's obviously was the hardest. Mm. What's your Japanese like now? Um, it's actually getting better. I mean, uh, now being in this coaching role, it, I've had, I've been forced to to use it more. Um, whereas as a player, you know, I had an interpreter and I kind of not not so much cheated, but just, you know, relied more on her. Um, but it's better than I think it is. And um, it's getting better. <laughs> when you first moved over as a player eight years ago, what were the things in particular that they did in the, in the Japanese way of playing softball compared to what you had grown up and learnt in America? What were some of the things, perhaps it was technique, perhaps it was style, perhaps... It was training. What were some of the major differences which you think helped you improve as a player when you first moved over? Um, 
Um, I would definitely say training style in terms of the amount of hours that are put into training. I mean, Japanese are perfectionists, so, and they are, their training hours are long and strenuous. They'll, we practice like at least five to six hours a day, sometimes seven. Um, and, you know, at home, you know, practices will be, you know, three hours at most, maybe four. Um, and, you, you know, every now and again, you'll have double days. But I think the training schedule was one of the hard things to adapt to. But one of the things that I think, you know, elevated my game was just, you know, literally being able to dedicate so much time to getting better and practicing. I mean, obviously, practice makes perfect. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest thing that I think helped and um, was a big difference than um, from at home. Um, as, as a softball player, how much of your, your training is actually practical training and how much would it be kind of other fitness training or anything like that away from actually being out in the field? I mean, I think it would be like a 50-50 split. I mean, a lot of time is spent off the field with weight training. Obviously, nutrition goes into that. Um, but I think there's a lot. Softball is such a skill-based sport. So, um, you know, you spend a lot of time perfecting your swing, your fundamentals, fielding, throwing, um, if you're a pitcher, pitching. Um, so I think... I would, I would say it's a 50-50 split in terms of on-the-field and off-the-field training. Mm, that's interesting. A couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we spoke to the pole vaulter, Katarina Stefanidi, and uh -huh. she actually started to do less of the gym work and more of the um, actual training, and, and it helped her win a gold medal. So it's interesting what you were saying there about practicing more of the the technical skills and, and everything like that. No, really interesting. You mentioned nutrition there. Yes. Um, give us an idea of what your daily diet would be, both in the US and, and in Japan, and di did it change at all? Um, well, definitely change, you know, with being in America and, and here. Um, definitely here in Japan, it's definitely carb heavy, you know, with rice and bread. Um, but portion size are different. Um, but I think like a typical day, I mean, if, you know, whether I'm at home or here, you know, I'll, I always have eggs, um, for breakfast, oatmeal. I'm a coffee drinker. I drink coffee. Um, but lunch, I like, I like hot meals. So I like like a hot sandwich, salads, eat a lot of vegetables and salads. I love fish. Um, um, I would definitely think that, I don't know, just with how my lifestyle here is in Japan, I definitely is really routine with the, the, the times that I eat, um, you know, because of our practice schedule, like, you know, we eat, I, I have a breakfast, lunch and dinner right at home. I, you know, I'm kind of on my own schedule. So, you know, I'll, I'll have breakfast, but I'll have like a late lunch cause I'm, you know, whatever, doing so many different things. So. Um, I think being here helps with just, you know, I don't know, being on the schedule like that, just being able to have a breakfast, lunch, dinner, same time, routine. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but I feel like I feel better um, and I feel like I digest and my metabolism is working better here because I'm constantly working out, moving and eating on like a regular schedule. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. More from Natasha in just a moment, but I want to remind you that The Best in the World with Rich Bart is now part of the Sporter Chino Network. If you haven't already, I would love it if you would go and like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Sporter Chino. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find that using Google. We're also on iTunes and we are also on Twitter at Sporter Chino. We're all over social media, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. Just search for Sporter Chino and we are there. I'd really love it if you'd continue to support us because we're going to be bringing you more great sports content as the network develops and of course we are delighted to be a part of it with the best in the world with Richard Parr. All right let's return to the conversation with the Olympic softball champion Natasha Watley. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Would you have any particular routine on the day of a, a big game or, in fact, of any game? And, and what would be part of that routine? And did you have any kind of rituals or any superstitions or anything like that? Um, yeah, not really. Um, I just really on a game day, I'm all about getting a good breakfast in or a bigger breakfast, obviously, depending on what time the game is. Usually here in Japan, we play day games, so we would either have like on a, a 10, 30, 11 o'clock game or a 1 o'clock game. Um, so I, I guess my routine would be I make sure I get a good breakfast in. Um, I'm a music listener before a game. I like to kind of like be like not wasting much energy before a game, so I'm kind of low-key. Um I'm not someone who needs to get like a workout in or anything before a game. I like to preserve my energy for a game. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'm too routine I mean, I think just pretty simple, just get a good meal in and listen to some tunes before the game. What are the tunes? 
Um, well, I'm like an R&B, hip-hop type of girl, so, and I love Beyonce, so anything Beyonce um, kind of fires me up. If I can listen to her and kind of hone her in, then I kind of feel like I can, you know, have my little alter ego when it comes game time, so she's my go-to. She's my go -to. <laughs> Great stuff. Is that, I'm guessing that's more run the world than some kind of halo ballad. Yes, yes, yes. So run the world, girls, something like that. Yes. <laughs> Try and pump you up. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> she does the trick every time. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely fantastic. Big, big fan myself. Uh, anyway, let's let's not talk all about Beyonce. Um, how else do you relax when you when you're not thinking about softball, Natasha? Oh gosh. Um... I like to read, I like to watch movies, like literally when I am away from the field, I really just like to do minimal um, because most of my time is spent doing, you know, high activity or doing something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, even, you know, when I'm in Japan, I like, I try to like, you know, 10 minutes, at least 10 to 15 minutes a day, pick up my Japanese book and like at least try to learn <laughs> some Japanese. <laughs> and like that. Um, but I mean, like when I'm at home, I'm, you know, I'm a family person, you know, I love to go to dinner with family and friends and um, things like that. I just like to kind of take my mind off the game if I can and, and, and just kind of just do something that's, I would say, considered low key. Mm. Because, of course, you're, you're very busy, not just with the softball. And, you know, when I was doing my research, you've got the Natasha Watley Foundation, Softball League, 5K, 10K runs. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot going on there. How good are you at um, looking after your schedule at times? No, well, I don't even know how I do it, you know. It's just, but I think that I like being busy and then I like, you know, having that balance of, you know, relaxing, doing nothing. So yes, you know, I do have my nonprofit, but, you know, especially now I'm spending more time doing it now that I'm moved into this coaching role and not so much focused on training and stuff like that. So um, definitely that's, you know, something that's fun and fulfilling because I'm, you know, in the, I'm giving back um, to my community and that makes me proud and it's like easy work. So um, I guess it's relaxing. It doesn't see it like, although it's a hectic schedule, it seems worth it and fulfilling. And I don't, I don't mind doing it. I enjoy doing it. Um, so it doesn't seem as bad. Mm, yeah. Uh, I know you're doing quite a lot of speaking right now and, and, and a lot behind your foundation and your nonprofit is giving self-esteem, confidence, social skills to, to young girls. Um, what is the one piece of advice that you seem to, to give the most to them? Um, I definitely, I mean, the girls that I'm coming in touch with are ones that aren't one coming in touch with softball on a regular basis and two that may not, you know, be playing sports or whatnot. And so I like, I really encourage them to, you know, get involved in sports, play sports specifically, obviously I'm a little bit biased because that's something that has shaped my life, but literally, and, and whatever it is, you know, I do encourage them for, you know, the health benefits of what it brings and what it does for character building in terms of bringing, you know, self-confidence to yourself, playing in sports, all of those tangibles that you receive um, playing sports. So I do, I encourage them to play sports, but whatever it is that they're doing just to be, you know, find something that they're passionate about because literally like when you 
find something that you're passionate about, it really narrows in on your your focus and um, it kind of steers you clear of the distractions in life and, you know, it can kind of set you on a road to success, whatever it is, but kind of find that passion or whatever it is and try. I'm always encouraging them to try different things, you know, just, you know, I'm always, you know, yes, try softball first, <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is, if it's soccer, dancing, but just find that passion and try different things and, and stay busy and um, it could lead you down a road that you never thought you would go down. Mm. Tell us about when softball became your passion, Natasha. Give us an idea of your early life and, and interest in the sport. Um, I fell in love with softball like right away. I started playing when I was five and it was one of it was the first sport that I started playing and fell in love with it instantly. Um, and I fell in love with it because of all of the different skills that you could be good at. You didn't it wasn't um, you know, I ended up playing basketball and volleyball later on, but with those sports, I found like, I don't know, you generally have to be tall or with track, you have to be fast. Um, and I just love softball because like all my teammates were all different, you know, different shapes, sizes. You know, you didn't necessarily have to be tall. You didn't have to be short. You um, you could be a great pitcher. There were just so many different things that you could do to contribute to your team. And I think that's what drew me to it. Um, so I, from the get go, I instantly fell in love with softball the moment I started playing it. At age five, so long ago. <laughs> and you, you said that it's a sport that you don't need to be tall, you don't need to have any specific attributes in particular, but obviously you went on to become one of the best in the world, Olympic champion. What do you think are some of the attributes that you had that has made you so good? Um, Honestly, I would say, I mean, yeah, okay, yes, I maybe was a fast runner or um, a great hitter or whatever it was, but I just really think it was that competitive edge, just wanting to be better than I was the day before. And I wanted to be whoever, whoever I was playing. It literally was like that competitive edge. And I think that's probably like a trait amongst all Olympians is just wanting to be the best. And it's like almost as if it's an addiction that happens where it's just like, the addiction of wanting to win all the time, the addiction of wanting to be the best. And I think that's kind of the thing that I feel like was my biggest attribute. Like I was just, I always wanted to just win and do good and be better than I was, you know, the day before. And I think that was something that was throughout my career. Hmm, very interesting. Well, let's talk about when you did become the best when you did become an Olympic gold medalist in 2004. Of course, you're also a three-time world champion, but let, let's talk about those 2004 games. Give us uh, an idea of that experience for uh, for you, Natasha. Um, gosh, well, the Olympics, I mean, it's like literally the thing that you dream about. And I feel like my first Olympics, it happened so fast <laughs> um, because it was almost surreal. Like, you know, is this really happening um, and, you know, leading up to it, you're just preparing, preparing. You don't really know what to expect when you get to the Olympics. So I feel like when it came, I was so, you know, as I should be, as anybody should be, I was so focused on um, my competition and the games that I didn't really, like, take in the Olympic experience as much as I, I don't remember a lot when I go back. Obviously, I do remember winning a gold medal and standing on the, the podium and winning and looking at my flag and all of those things. But like before that, it was literally like a flash. So 
Um, but you know, I did go back in 2008 and in 2008, like I, you know, made it a point for myself to literally like take in the moments and, you know, cherish the Olympic movement. And I really, you know, feel like 2008, I actually remember things that happened, you know, beyond the softball field. And it's actually interesting because in 2008, we, um, I guess we lost the gold medal game, won a silver medal. And, you know, although winning a silver medal, I remember the, the, I remember the games a little bit more. And I remember, you know, just opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, the village and, you know, mingling with other athletes. Um, so I think I took more from the experience, although winning a silver medal, you know, winning any medal is obviously an accomplishment, but, you know, if you have to, you know, think about it, but in 2004, winning a gold medal, you know, I just didn't really, um, I don't know. I don't really remember the Olympic experience that much. All, all about the focus. The blur it was a blur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How was everyone after you got that silver medal in, in Beijing? Um, it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible because that's literally like what you work for for four years. So at the time it seems like such a disappointment and, um, dissatisfied, unhappy, you know, like, because you're a competitor, you know, you want to win and that's what we came there to do and you didn't win. But, you know, in hindsight now, obviously it is an accomplishment, like to be able to play on that platform and play at that stage, you know, you're able to keep it in perspective. And, you know, now looking back, it's, Yes, I did win a silver medal, you know. Um, but, you know, in the moment, at the time, it's, it's. I mean, obviously it's still frustrating. And I, you know, I would, you know, there's so many times that that game, you know, I still think about things that, you know, we could have done differently or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, I was able to represent my country and I was able to play at the highest stage. And um, that is something I'm very proud of. Is it even more frustrating that you didn't get a chance of redemption with the fact that softball not being at the 2012 and 2016 games. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, and even more so now it's sad because, you know, I did continue on with my softball career. That's, you know, after 2008 is when I did come to Japan and made the decision to, you know, continue playing and, and play here. And it's sad because, you know, one didn't get the redemption Two, you know, there's possibilities that I could have been, you know, three, four-time Olympian and been able to go back, you know, multiple times, but to be able to, I'm not to be able, but to have that, you know, kind of taken away, you know, that opportunity taken away, it's just kind of, it's just taken from an, underneath your feet and it's kind of like something that you have no control over and nothing that you can, you can't do anything about it. So it's kind of one of those things as an athlete where I felt like, you know, helpless and just literally that's our highest stage and the biggest platform to play softball and like to have that taken away. It's kind of, you know, it's not um, a good feeling. <laughs> it's mm. not a good feeling. Well, yeah. I can understand that. And of course it is returning in 2020 though, in the country that you're playing in now. Yeah, in Tokyo, which is going to be super exciting and so excited that, that it's coming back and that, um, athletes softball athletes will get the opportunity to play at that stage because literally I mean there's there's nothing that can compare to to playing in that um, arena 
Mm. Now we we spoke about your transition from playing to coaching. How did it feel when you played that last game, or what you're saying was possibly your last game now, Natasha? I know. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, <laughs> well, at the time, I mean, I you know I didn't know I wasn't going to re- I was going to retire until the season was over. I made the decision after, and that's one of the things I did the last couple years because you know I knew I was coming towards the end of my career, and um, every year I just was like, at the end of the season, I will assess and, you know, think about the next year. Um, But now, you know, thinking about my last game, like we won championship. Um, It was on my birthday. It was literally, you know, like a storybook ending. Um, I had an RBI, um, a winning hit. So it's literally like, I don't know. I think those moments of how the season ended um, kind of made my decision a little bit easier to, to move towards retirement. So, very happy with how my last actual game was. So probably I probably shouldn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever you decide to do, Natasha, I'm, I'm sure it'll be successful. It's been really good to talk to you on the program today. Um, before you go, why don't you tell us how we can continue to follow everything that you do and also what is going on with your foundation and everything related to that on the internet and on social media, please, Natasha. Well, obviously, social media on Instagram, you can follow me, Natasha Watley29. Um, the foundation is NW Foundation um, on Instagram as well. And you can Twitter. All my handles are all the same, Natasha Watley29. And, you know, reach out. I love to chat on Twitter, Instagram. I'm all, always on social media. So that's where you can find me. Fantastic. Well, it's been really good to talk to you. Natasha Watley, thank you for being the best in the world. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Really good to speak to Natasha in Japan. But of course, we've had other great American athletes and sports stars on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Maybe you want to go back and listen to my interview with the shot put Olympic champion, Michelle Carter. I've also spoken to a lot of American swimmers. Maybe you want to listen to my conversation with Lenny Kraselberg. Joe Jacoby, the canoe slalomist, he's been on the program as well. And we've had many, many more great guests on the program. Go and listen to it on iTunes. And please subscribe if you haven't already so you never miss a podcast. I want to make sure that you have this incredible knowledge in your pocket, on your phone, on whatever device you're using, wherever you go, available for you every single week. We're broadcasting on a Thursday on iTunes, go and download and subscribe. Also, if you get a moment, I would love it if you give us a rating and review. That really does matter a lot to the growth of the podcast. The more rating and reviews we get, the higher we become on iTunes, the higher we're on on iTunes, the more people listen to the program, the more we can spread this incredible knowledge from these champions and the easier it is for us to attract more great Olympians and world champions to learn from. So please give me a rating and review. It only takes about a minute. (laughs) You know, if you go to the right place, just 
give me a review. It only takes one minute. I would really appreciate it. All right, that's it for this week's The Best of the Wild with Richard Parr. I've got another great guest for you next Thursday on iTunes, on ACAST, and at spodacino.com. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 